Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. A show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. And welcome to episode 390 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford. And joining me in the orange sidewind bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Aid Levice, otherwise known as Ben Mosswood. Yeah, currently experiencing audio issues. Please stand by. <laughs> we also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Hello. Um, our Staff Liaison Officer, Commander Psykit, has uh, taken the week off because I think she's recovering from the uh, for looking after the buckyball. But um, in her place, we have our Chief Test Pilot returning. It's Commander Crash. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings. Ah, yes. So... If you wish, you can join us live. I do believe that um, the Chris Mark Four and uh, Ben are both at Leave Station at the moment and are going to be doing something tonight. I, I do believe Colin hasn't read the show notes. What, about the fact that you're going to the Eupcanis system where the Golgonda is? And, uh, it said I was already there. It says you're to go to, it says here. Oh, okay, that, that was a note for me to go to it. I'm already, So now I've gone to it. Oh, right. Well, um, yes, that was a note for me to go there. Well, you said you'd put it in the show notes and, you know, yeah. you were going to. So, yeah, yeah. that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Colin, I'll, I'll update the show notes. There, see, went. It clearly says Ben has gone to the Upanakalis system where which the Galconder is, is. Which is a bit late before I had to actually <laughs> read it out. But, yeah. I, don't, I yeah. don't know what you're talking about. This that's reminds me of a present. docking. Dockers bloom and read through this is <laughs> since, since when has the show notes ever been accurate? Come on, I find that insulting. The, the show, show notes are always accurate after the show. <laughs> the yes, latest but... sauce FPV, enjoy work. Yeah, anyway, 
you can you can catch up with Ben. He's he's flying about. Um, if you can't get a uh, hold of Ben or you can't get to us in game, you can join us in the Twitch chat channel. Hello to Twitch chat, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat or just go to twitch.tv slash live radio or YouTube or live radio or Facebook live radio or even Twitter live radio. So um, let's go around the team, see how they've been and... and um, uh, we'll, we'll start because it's been a while since we you've been on the show, Commander Crash. How have you been? Oh, busy, busy bee as always. I don't think I ever stop. <laughs> I, I, I've been I've been doing lots and lots of pieces. I haven't actually been in Elite for a while actually because um, I've been doing other things on streams. Obviously, the Chaos Gate game came out, so stream that. Um, been doing some other games uh, on and off. Uh, I think the last thing I did take part in was the the Thargoid incursion thing that was going on. I think it was a two week community goal, wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I did. I did uh, dip my toe in that water, had it bitten off, uh, mashed, and said, "Yep, I'm I'm not doing AX until I'm much more prepared." <laughs> so yes, stepped away from it. Uh, but yeah, I got to work on the upgrades, and we'll we'll head back to it and uh, do a bit more anti Zeno stuff. I think at some point. Excellent. Um, what about, uh, let's see, Commander Shan? Um, uh, well, I've had a better week this week than last week. Um, the period of mourning the kitten is officially over because we have a replacement um, on order. Um, still, still the same make, but... Um, <laughs> Another make of cat. It's, it's not the same make, um, but yeah, we. the reason why we were so quick is the existing cat is still in quite a kitten. So mm-hmm. if you left it like a year or two years, it becomes harder to integrate the new kitten. So we wanted to uh, to get the replacement soon. And it's got the same mum, but a different dad, so it will hopefully smell similar Right uh, for that. So what else can go on? How floozy this cat is! Well, the boobs from a breeder. So is, she, is she from Rotherham by any chance? Uh, King's Cross Station. Um, anyway, uh, well, second name is Katona. <laughs> <laughs> Not Corona. Anyway, lots been going on. Um, been feeling very smug over the new solar. Um, we have used. I think our total electric bill for the last week is two pounds sixty. Because um, of all the nice sun, and we've actually gone through the house just turning everything on, just so we don't pay for anyone else's electric. So to speak. <laughs> um, and what else? Oh, yeah. Yesterday, well, yesterday I visited McDonald's and I took a picture of a Big Mac and sent it to a Russian gamer friend of mine. Right. Just to see, haha, look what I've got. And uh, game wise, I haven't really had much time for gaming at all. Still progressing in Mass Effect 2. Uh, I haven't really kicked up Elite this week. Um, other than to do a couple of Rubigo runs to keep the carrier up, keep going. Um, so, yeah, that's been about it, really. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and then, finally, Ben. Right. For the record, if anybody's wanting to catch me or do anything with me first, you can buy me dinner. Just saying. I'm, yeah, I'm not that easy. Secondly, oh, okay. Shan... Yeah. Please tell me you then took a photo of you throwing the uneaten Big Mac into a bin. 
I and then sent it off to everyone at all the other Russians. I to didn't... really rub their noses in it. Um, no, I didn't. No, because Big Mac. Well, Big Macs are really expensive now, so have... are they? Yeah, like three pound ninety for a Big Mac on its own now. Chuffing out. Wow. So I'm, not, I'm not spending four quid just to annoy a Russian. No. Okay. <laughs> have you? Have you... Um, oh, ha- oh! Have you tried the? Is it the vegetarian Big Mac or whatever? Is the the Beyond Meat one? Muck plant. Yeah, is it muck plant? Is it? Oh, I, 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 I am not going to comment on that question because we'll have loads of even more hate mail. Okay, I, I'll, I, I have list. tried it. It's edible, but it ain't no burger. It would be my comment. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't unpleasant. Do they do they mask the non-flavor by lots of sauce? It is very saucy, yes. And it was actually it was surprisingly juicy. That's exactly what they do with a Big Mac, anyway. The Big Mac. Well, is that juicy. is true. <laughs> no change there. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had a plain burger without anything? It, it, it's like eating cardboard. Yeah. Uh, I, I made the mistake once of asking them for a uh, a cheeseburger. Without the bun, and they went off well, and put it into. I, well, it was quite funny because they went off and put like the rest of the sort of Big Mac say into you know the the pancake containers. Yeah, and they put it into that, and then g- gave me it like that. And because you know, I quite like having just a bur- just a beef burger. Yeah, Mrs. Sh- Mrs. Shan, because she's uh, on this keto religion yeah. diet thing. Um, that's what she, when she goes to McDonald's, she'll she'll order like six burgers without any sauce and without any sauce, just six burgers on its just own. The burgers, yeah, yeah. And what they do, they then give you a burger per container. Oh, so they don't yeah. put like they don't put like six burgers inside, say one of the one of the pancake containers. They have six yeah. individual containers. Well, what I was trying to ask them to actually do is like, right, get get a burger. Put the sauce in it, put the onions on it, and things like that, and then wrap it up in a lettuce leaf so I can hold it and eat it. Well, that's what Mr. Like, Shan. That's what Mr. Shan does with. Um, well, I was trying. You know, I was trying to be a good boy, and you know, I'll still have a burger, but you know, get rid of the get rid of the carbs. And it was, but it was just absolutely hilarious what they gave me. Um, but anyway, that's that's by the way. Maybe this is a new challenge to see fewer things. You can get McDonald's to do with their burgers. Yeah, but I would. I I don't want to go into McDonald's. Thank you. I mean, it, it's just, that's that's horrible. But you don't need to go to McDonald's. You don't. You, you do it from the app. Just even worse. Oh dear. Also, you get some bars on the app every Monday. Ninety nine p menu. Yeah, I have to. Admit, I'm not a fan of going to Hell. but there is one benefit of when I go to Hell with the kids. Because the kids are always like, Daddy, take us to McDonald's. And I'm like, oh, God, do I have to? But at Meadow Hall, I can order the the, the, the kids' bur- burgers or whatever they want through the app, mm. collect them, mm. and then I can go off and collect, get a Chinese or something like that. Mm. So, you know, and then I, I make them have cold burgers, but that's their problem. They should have had Chinese and be, be sensible like me. I, I'm sure the ability to customise burgers is one of the main sources of profit because... The amount they charge for, I don't know, extra onion or something, as opposed to what said extra onion is actually costs. 
Oh, what, absolutely. 50p for an extra craft slice. Mm. <laughs> you really get almost actually, I think it's 89p or something like that for crap for a pack of six craft slices from Lidl or whatever. Yeah, you might you might as well go to Lidl, get your, your cheese slices, and bring them back and just add them in yourself. It, it, you, you could you could be snobby and get Darily cheese slices, which are right nice. Yeah, there reminds me of a, of a little chef, if you remember those many years I ago. I remember little chefs, you used to get a lollipop. Well, it's a yeah. good job. It's a good job. Psykit is not here because she would have been <laughs> so long ago. Yeah, but Psykit was still in nappies back then. So, but anyway, she went to a little. Anyway, Mrs. Shannon and, uh, and the family and he went to uh, a little chef many years ago, and uh, she fancied some some you know a slice of some bread because it for her uh, bacon and eggs. So she, they paid forty five p extra for some bread, and when they brought it out. It was a round of bread cut in diagonally with butter on top. So she said, 45p for a round of bread. I can buy a whole loaf of that. And she moaned about it. And uh, 10 minutes later, they came back with about 20 rounds of bread all piled on top of each other. (laughs) Which which was then, of course, we ate, just to make the point. Yeah, apparently we were being accused of being very middle class by dishing McDonald's. Are we? Oh. I don't know if this is good or bad, but anyway. I prefer going down to my local kebab shop. Now, I'd, I'd rather prefer a, a decent local kebab than McDonald's. Yeah, but they're, 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 they're they're not much food, though, are they? Kebabs are not food in the same way as McDonald's not food, isn't it, really? <laughs> well, this is, this is why I like going to my, my going to, for a Chinese which is equally not food, but at least it's not food with extra sauce. Uh, anyway, anyway other, other things I've been doing... In, other, I can't believe I, it we're discussing this, right. Can I, <laughs> things, can I, shall, I, shall I actually say what I've been doing with my week rather than discussing McDonald's? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's, so that's I, I've, I've gone to see Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and I quite enjoyed it. Uh, oh, I'm enjoying tormenting my brother-in-law um, with one of the events that may or may not happen in it. Um, and I'm really enjoying tormenting him with that because I just find it absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taken the kids to the park um, several times, and that's been about the extent. Oh, and it was my my son's fifteenth. Uh, but that's been about the extent of my week this week. <laughs> um, I oh, and I'm digging a big, big hole in Minecraft. That's about the oh, only yeah. other thing. Yeah. Um, a diggy diggy hole. I, well, we're we're in the, the the loose screw server. We're making not the loose screw on oh on uh, the TTO server. We're making a a very large um, sort of central base, and that central base has got a large lift shaft, which is a is currently excavating out a giant circle. So what? So you built a hole. We're we're, we're in the process of building a hole. So why? Because this hole is going to become a lift shaft using using redstone to actually make a a floating machine or whatever the hell they're called in Minecraft to basically take you up and down. A because we can in, in a hole. Yeah, as 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 Chris says, a large base with a shaft. Quickly going back to McDonald's because I forgot I didn't get a chance. So 
we're being very middle class because we're dissing McDonald's. What is a middle class burger joint and what is an upper class burger joint? Well, you've got five guys, haven't you? Five guys are shit. I don't see what everyone thinks likes them for. They're yeah, overpriced, oversourced, and overly shite. Yeah. They do have yeah. nice chips, though. Bloody but they're still hell. very expensive. Can I get a word in edgeways here? No, I can't, it seems. No, let's, say, let's just say Five Guys is the Waitrose, because basically it's all overpriced for what it is. But you just like being seen there. Speak for yourself, but okay. <laughs> uh, Dow Scotsman says Gourmet Burger Kitchen. I completely and utterly agree with, da- with Chris there. Uh, gourmet Burger Kitchen are very do do very, very nice burgers. And usually it's buy one, get one free if you go there with a cinema ticket. Going back, do you remember when Wimpy used to be the posh burger choice? Because you had to sit down and eat it. <laughs> anyway, uh, we will Tim, move Who's Tim Hogsons? <laughs> ePilot007 is recommending Tim Hortons. Oh, and did I say um, that I met up with Dave21? No, you didn't, oh, because uh, you were too yeah. busy in burgers. Yeah, uh, last Wednesday I think it was. I, I caught up with Dave, um, and that was that was really nice. And we went to a really really good pizza joint. And if anyone's ever in Birmingham or in London, get in touch with me on Discord, and I can point you towards a very good burger pl- uh, not burger place. Um, I can point you towards a very good pizza joint. Mm. X Pain X has just gone and um, <clears throat> put in the ultimate question: Burger King. Higher or lower than McDonald's? All of a sudden, I feel like Bruce Forsyth. Higher, higher, lower, lower? Higher, higher, except the chips. <laughs> yeah. I want to say higher, but I actually did a, te- a blind taste test and of their just the plain cheeseburgers on both of them and preferred McDonald's cheeseburger. Yeah, but you don't go to Burger King for just a simple cheeseburger, though, do you? Well, I don't exactly go to Burger King to be seen there, do I? <laughs> and it's not five guys for god's sake right well um let's see what have i been up to this week well i'm actually i'm in mourning oh yes. oh i know why you're in mourning yeah um i on ebay i sold all my star wars armada miniatures the entire game's gone it got oh. uh it got sold packaged up and sent off to a, a rather appreciative gentleman in glasgow so um i no what longer it wasn't no, Grant, wasn't, was it? <laughs> it wasn't Grant. Although, put it this way, it certainly what you paid for it. I'm I'm very grateful he paid that much. <laughs> I didn't realise they went that for that much those models, but I'm not complaining. Um, but uh, yes, um, it was a game that I I really loved, but because of the pandemic and basically there didn't seem to be any clubs around here where you could actually play with anybody. And also the fact my son decided that he prefers driving a virtual F1 car than uh, playing board games with his dad anymore. So it had to go. So and, what are yeah. you using to make laser sounds with now? I can sort of imagine you picking the figures and models up and going... <laughs> and flying them around the room. So have you got nothing to do that with now? I, I didn't do that in the first place. I mean, I think we're seeing an insight into in, into what you want to to do. Oh, by the way, um, Shan, I just looked up. Apparently, Little Chef is still going. Are they? Yeah. Uh, apparently, there's about still 70 restaurants left. Slightly Littler Chef then. Yes, yeah, Littler Chef than it used to be, because they used to be all over the place. But, uh, yeah. Vertically challenged, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so there you are, Shan. It's still there. Oh, yes, so there is. They've got a list. Gosh, some of them are even close to me. Is there, is there a Milton Keynes? The one in Milton Keynes? Are you saying that's what you want to do? You want to go to the Milton Keynes little chef just, <laughs> just to inflict it on everybody? Well, we don't know what the food's like in the new place, so, you yeah. know, you might have to queue up emergency catering. <laughs> um, so, apart from the models, let's see, um, I've been playing an awful lot of Elite. I've done the Buckyball run. I've done, I finally got my, I, I did a lot of um, rescuing Imperial citizens to get my Imperial rank up for my power play commander. I'm almost a Baron, which means I'm almost able to get um, the Clipper. Which is, you know, that is the Imperial ship as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I know that Ben will always go on about his cutter, but um, to me, the Clipper is is what I think of when I, th- I think of an Imperial ship. Uh, and um, yeah, that's that's really been about it. I think I am now. I've only gone two two uh, systems closer to Colonia. I've still got something like. <laughs> 10,000 light years still to go. And um, it, it takes absolutely ages because I seem to have hit a whole bunch of planets or a whole bunch of systems which have biologicals in. And, yep, if there's two or more biologicals, then I've got to got to stop. And I'm stopping quite a lot and actually really enjoying the view. Um, you've got something about something better than a little chef. Yes, Are you going to mention Harvester or something? No, 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 no. If you travel up the A1, there's a couple of restaurants called OK Diner, which are like Little Chess, but the food is much better than Little Chess. Especially their black and blue burgers, which are really, really nice and really, really fresh. And I did notice on your list of Little Chefs, they uh, they shut at, uh, most of them shut at five o'clock. What sort of Little Chef shuts at five o'clock? Yes, that's a bit weird, because normally you want the little chef to be open late when you're driving, don't you? Oh, well. Look, Kettering, East and Kettering West, they've got one each. Yeah, but if you look at it, it says clothes. <laughs> maybe maybe we've just come across, maybe I've just come across one of these ghostly websites. You know when um, a company goes out of business and they've still got the domain name and they've left the old website up? I think it must it must be because I've just looked at the uh, the little chef closest to me, which is only about ten fifteen minutes up the road, and it says closed. And I re- I would rem- I remember driving past that most times, and no one's ever in it. It's shut. I think little chefs have gone. Oh, look at this year copyright twenty fifteen. It's like the digital equivalent of them leaving the store with the sign still up. You know. Yeah, look at this. The last the last tweets are almost from nine months ago. Oh, have we lost the little chef? I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm getting obsessed on this. So, but we will. I think we will leave um, that that um, eatery for the moment and move on to McThargoids. <laughs> uh, or rather, let's go to the development news. Well, um, we've got a bit of personal news here for uh, people who follow the community team. Um, Sally Morgan Moore looks as if she will be coming home and hopefully rejoining the uh, development team soon. Uh, it's it's been a, a, a tough three four months for her, and uh, we'll, it's, we'll, we'll be glad to to get her uh, bounce herself back. 
Um, so yes, glad glad you got through it, Sally, and we'll we'll be glad to have you back. So, um, she has been missed. I think uh, she has been almost consistently jolly and happy in her posts on the forums and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad she's well enough to come back. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, and um, the other thing it was that we had basically a. Oh, what was it? The these um, discovery scanners. There was a discovery scanner released by uh, Zach on Monday, which basically covered the fact that update twelve will be due soon, and this um, this Thursday there'll be a frame shift live, which will be uh, uh, which will cover some. Oh, they'll be doing some sneak peeks about uh, what is coming in update twelve. Um, yes, with their community highlights and their almost chaotic like gameplay and Twitch drops because they always bloody mention Twitch drops. <laughs> you love it. Yeah, I've got about seven or eight copies of the same thing. <laughs> not, not that I... Uh... <laughs> if you were fairly mercenary, what you could do is you could... Um, I'll ask someone for their Twitch account details and you log in and get the Twitch drops for them if they can't make it. <laughs> uh, yeah, do you think anybody would trust me with their username and password? I don't think so. I'd do and it. They, I'd, do, I'd, I'd do it for someone. If they did, I feel you're, you're stupid. Never, never hand out your password and details to anybody else. I, 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 I'd do it for someone. No, I, I, I'd do it for someone. If someone wants to give me their Twitch ID and password, I can guarantee its security. Will be ruined. Um, right. The other thing to mention, and we'll probably be mentioning this a lot more in the main topic, is Odyssey will be one year old on the 19th, which is basically Thursday. Same day as a live stream. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think we'll we'll touch on that later. So, moving over at the in-game events, what has been happening in the wonderful world of Elite Dangerous itself? Well, on the 11th of May, Archon Delaney uh, faced Pirate Rebellion. A political struggle was started to rage within the Como crew following a coordinated effort to overthrow the Syndicate's leader. Uh, and that went on quite nicely in the background. Um, unfortunately, there was no player agency for that whatsoever. Um, however, Salvation, on the Thursday, triggered his super weapon, which basically blasted all three of the uh, systems under attack from Thargoids. And, um, yeah, well, this is the interesting thing. Uh first time he fired this weapon the Thargoids was devastated and they were all, and there was wreckage everywhere. Second time the, he fired the weapon no wreckage, but they know they got kills. This is the third time he's fired it yet the Thargoids just left Do you think they're kind of getting acclimatised? They should, you should try modulating the frequency so they don't adapt <laughs> They've adapted. <laughs> yeah, two phaser shots, and that's it. You've got to change your change your frequency. 
Well, you, um, you, you sort of smell a bit. What's what the one? Not plot armor, but kind of plot for plot's sake. In this, like we we need to create some tension, so let's have them immune to it because it was sort of out of the blue with no. I don't know. It's just like one of those twists you they put in just to kind of make a, make a twist. Not really, because this is the kind of thing that um, if. Is this is the XCOM um, progression, isn't it? Because basically, you start off with your um, your piddly little guns, and then it seems that you come up again. The aliens seem to evolve, and your piddly little guns don't do it anymore. So you've got to get something new. And um, yeah, and I think this is a effectively the same thing where um, they're they're getting. Resistant to it, <laughs> this this super weapon, just like uh, just like antibiotic resistance. Use it too much, and basically only the strongest survive, and they become immune. I'm struggling to kill the little ones. <laughs> what the scouts? <laughs> I managed to pop a couple of those off. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I jumped in on a fight and did a, did a few. Hits and managed to get a, a big bounty on one of the the larger ones, mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if if they're starting to shrug off weapons like that, then we don't stand much hope, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can take out. I've I've taken out cyclopses, but now it seems every time I go into one of those um, anti-Xeno uh, combat zones, it's always a blooming basilisk, and I think I can get maybe two or three petals off it, and then. I don't know. It, it, the, I, I think the um, the NPC wingmen all all seem to have died by that point. It's just me versus the basilisk, and I'm there going. That's that's the game's way of telling you to get good, Colin. <laughs> it is telling me to get good, and uh, I must admit, when somebody actually saw my ship fighting, <laughs> one of the anti Xeno initiatives saw me fighting in the ship I had. He went, "I've never seen anyone fight with a fighter in shields." That's just bananas. <laughs> so my my uh, my um, ship is is just not made. It, it's good for getting rid of scouts, but it's not good for much else. Um, on the subject of Thargoids, on the twelfth of May, uh, Professor Ishmael Palin has received multiple shipments of Thargoid meta alloys for his uh, xenological study. Um, he says he's deeply grateful for them. Uh, he's also authorised payment for all the, the pilots who took part in the initiative, and this includes awarding classes 4A, 5A, and 6A girls of resistant cargo racks to those who made the greatest contribution. Now, I'm a bit annoyed with myself because I should have done this instead of um, shooting Thargoids myself, because I could have done with um, those cargo uh, those cargo resistant... Uh, those. No, cargo, cargo resistant racks. I don't think so. <laughs> cargo resistant, yes. They, they spit out into space as soon as you put something in them. Media eject. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of gutted I missed that because I wanted larger uh, corrosive resistant racks since the first one. Because I think the first CG, they only unlocked the, the smallest size, wasn't it? In it, the, was, yeah, it was two tons was the only one. Two tons, yeah. I think, wasn't it? Is it only two tons? I, think the very I thought it was four tons. It's probably what? actually probably right. It's probably only two tons. Yeah, and I, I remember I grabbed a load of them because I helped unlock it, and I was like, "Yes, I'm I'm keeping a bunch of these. I wish we got higher, but now I've missed this one." Damn it! 
Wasn't wasn't that the one which had the problem with the limpets? I'm sure that was the one that had a problem with the limpets. So we couldn't complete the CG because the the bug kept on. We left, kept on losing something like thirty percent of the samples. I can't remember that. Uh, well, anyway, um, a new CG has started. You remember that rich bloke Rackham? Well, he's decided to... Zachary Rackham has decided to throw a massive party, so he'd like everybody to to bring him stuff, uh, which will run till the 2nd of June. So that's another two-week uh, two CG, isn't it? Yeah, stretching them out. I oh, know, they're stretching them out. It's, um, it's almost as if they need to delay for something. <laughs> Speculation! Mm. Yeah. So, um, that was the 12th of May. Uh, on the 13th of May, the Dredger Clan visits the Golconda. Now, that's where you are, Ben, which is basically... This is not the same Dredger ship that was that was discovered before. This is a brand new one. Apparently it's a brand new one, Colin, but I was scanning it, mm-hmm. and I got all the, the notes, and mm-hmm. it said... You've already scanned this. You've already received this. Oh. So I am I am rather confused. Yes, and Ben, does it still eat your ship if you go into the map? I don't, I don't know. Shall we, shall we find out? Would you, would you like to find out, Shan? Uh, for science. For science, okay. Oh. But, so yeah, I was... You know, the, the ship has got four... Uh, four of the, the little note things that you can go and do. And I went off and scanned them like a good like a good little boy. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, yeah, you've already scanned this, I'm not telling you what it is. And of course, because it's I've I've received it several months ago, it's not even showing up in my inbox. So that that, that upset me mildly. Um, but the audio of the of the dredger ship is amazing. So that's always yeah. good. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. So is it a new set of logs? An audio logs, or is it the same as the last one? I'm sure I just said that, didn't I? Yeah, I think you did as well. Oh, I must have been on push to listen. Sorry. I know, I, I know, I can talk after what I said last week, and wasn't listening to you guys. But, but yes, for the third time, I have tried listening to the audio of the the the, the logs of the ship, and it is saying you c- you've already accessed these logs, and it's not telling me what they're saying. So. It might be a feature, it might be a bog, it might only be me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, it I, probably I'm is. now in the, in the ship's nom-nom things, Shan. There you go. <laughs> Have you asked for docking permission yet? You can't ask for docking permission, unfortunately. What do you think? What do you think Ben's going to get munched? Oh, he's going to get munched. Um, apparently, I've got this wrong. The CG does end this week in-game. Uh, there's one day, ten hours left, according to um, em- Emphasius UK. So I do apologise for that. Um, so let's see what else has been happening. Oh, yes, one final thing. Um, it seemed that the aforementioned pi- uh, pirate rebel coup against the Cornwall crew ended up failing. Uh, and basically they've all retreated to HIP 10 uh, 792 and are attempting to drive out the Kumul Council faction in that system 
but um, eyewitness reports regarding amongst the firefights that Delaney, uh, the leader of uh, the Como crew, is in no mood to forgive his would-be uh, usurpers. So we might be having a combat CG take it and work for the crew and for your burgers. Okay, can I just say, Ben, that looks amazingly cool because the, your crate was shimmering. Yeah. With the light. Um, it looks painful with being munched by the big teeth and everything, but we can ignore that bit. But when your <laughs> shit was twisting around in the mail, in the in the slot, it was like shimmering and arcing around. That was a very cool effect. Do it again. I'm just thinking, Colin, you know what we need to do? We need to add a nom-nom effect. Oh, I was thinking trying it in VR. <laughs> and then trying not to puke up. Why, are you telling me that you suffer from... Oh, God, I've not suffered. The, the only time I've suffered, and I remember when this was now, was when Chris was flying me around. And I think it's because I was getting a disconnect between Chris's movements and me just looking around his cockpit. Whereas when I'm flying around anything, I feel fine. Yeah, you normally find that if you're in VR, being a passenger is worse than being the, the driver. Yeah, I definitely, I noticed that and felt that. So, um, yes, so that's that for the week. Uh, I think we'll we'll have to go over and see if there is a store alert. Store alert! In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your arts. In the And welcome back. Um, right. Well, this week, um, Shan, did you want to tell us something about the store alert? Well, this this week's is um, an adder paint job that makes it look like the spacefaring version of Postman Pat's van. <laughs> so, if you want, if you want to power play, that's your your ship of choice. Is this what you, is this what Colin's going to be using now for his power play stuff? <laughs> I think it should be post postman postman Pat. It is postman Pat's adder. Uh, it doesn't I have think... a black and white cat. Well, yeah, but maybe uh, am I right in thinking that, that this is a, a unique paint skin? It's not just like a recolored something or other. This is a new paint skin. This this is I does seem to be a new one. Go on, Ben. Yeah, I'm just think, I'm just I don't recognise it. Do you, Colin? No, I, I must admit, I haven't seen anything like this one before. Um, <laughs> X-Pain says, maybe we should have a black and white cat bobblehead. <laughs> yes, we should definitely have a... Have or, or a po- actually, actually, the Lost Winds guy looks a little bit like Postman Pack, because he's got the hat, hasn't he? Oh, no, no. Uh, Wintermute GP, is, uh, GP has now opened up a whole... Um, whole can of worms here saying it's more like Feynman Sam's adder. Uh, I, I, I don't know if how you stand within the Postman Pat versus Feynman Sam debate. 
<laughs> maybe, maybe it's like McDonald's and Burger King. Maybe Postman Pat's more uh, lower class and Fireman Sam's a middle class. I thought they were made by the same place, except one was, was isn't Fireman Sam Welsh. He is Welsh. Yeah. But anyway, um, Psykit has been banging on about a cat bobblehead every Halloween since the dawn of time. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's um, that's Psycho Kit. That's uh, Psykit, isn't it? So, Psycho yeah. Kit. <laughs> Psycho Kit. Can we tell you um, said this? <laughs> X-Payne said that's Royal Mail Yellow, apparently. The stripes. Well, all right. So, yeah, it looks like we do have our own... Well, believe it or not, I actually, and I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, I actually appreciated the Apex Taxi for probably the first time on Sunday. Oh? Yeah. Um, I screwed up one of my runs, my buckyball runs, and uh, <laughs> I was doing very well and then sold. At the very furthest point, I sold two tons when I should have only sold one, which kind of ruins the, the run. And I couldn't be bothered flying back. <laughs> so basically, I put my I put my commander into an Apex taxi and had the Apex taxi take me all the way back to the starting point and then transfer the ship back. Because <laughs> you couldn't be asked I really just couldn't be bothered flying back by myself because it was that. And I must admit, how far was it? It was over two hundred and. It was two over two hundred light years, so basically I had to change Apex Taxi halfway. But how much did that cost you? Uh, eighty eighty thousand credits. It'd have been cheaper to buy a Sidewinder and do it up yourself. Yeah, this like the, that was the whole point. Was though that I didn't have to actually play the game. I just got my commander back to where he needed to be. <laughs> You know, I couldn't. I, I I was that disappointed with my my run. I just couldn't face the jumping back, the 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 jump of shame. Maybe that's what you should do. Maybe you should take the apex of shame every time you feel a buckyball run. <laughs> Maybe uh, Mark Gamers just uh, said it's parcel force interstellar. <laughs> that does look quite good. That actually start parcel force interstellar. Yeah, I would I would recommend that. I'm not sure. Would it charge you a fee for import tax? Oh, no. I'm going to say it. It's the Kablam Man. And that's gone over everybody's head. No, it hasn't. No, he's just given me nightmares over the 13th Doctor. I knew it again. Oh, dear. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Anybody got anything else to say about Addis in general? No, I definitely oh, think you should get. I think you should get that skin, Colin. I think that. I think since you do so much power play, I, I think that is a perfect power play skin for you, and a perfect ship to, ship as well, because no one would ever attack it because it's it, it's against the law to intercept the mail. Yeah, except that's exactly what you're supposed to do in power play. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. I mean, the, the, yeah, it's add a salvage red. I mean, you got add a salvage green, have a salvage white, salvage blue, orange, which basically, oh, that looks disgusting. And add a salvage black. Actually, add a salvage black looks more like the A-Team van. Okay, that's got potential then. 
Yeah. <laughs> Not as much as the Bloomin' Holder does, but still. <laughs> so I've got uh, you got me curious to look at what the other paint colours are. Now, I'll have a quick look while you guys talk. <laughs> right. Anyway, I think well Shan looks up um the A team, the adder team. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's what A stood for. <laughs> um we'll move on from um the adder, I think. Uh, we'll take a break, and then we're going to come back with our main discussion. Adder salvage green looks like Thunderbird 4. No, it doesn't, because Thunderbird 4 was yellow. No. Uh, thun- Do you mean Thunderbird 2? Yes, that's right. Sorry, because Thunderbird 4 used to go in the side. Yes. Yeah. Thunderbird 4 went inside of Thunderbird 2, because it was the sub- it was a submarine. Good grief. It, it, look, his, his old age is, is um, failing him. His memory's failing him. How could he forget the difference between Thunderbird 2 and Thunderbird 4? Because I'm not that old. <laughs> right. Before before this goes off to Tangent Town again, I think we'll, uh, we'll take a short break. The Dex Legacy, an audio drama by Emily Inkpen. Almost 1,500 years ago, our ancestors landed on this planet with technology we have never managed to replicate. We were sent here in giant sea chips, with more data than any one person could ever get through in a lifetime. 10,000 people and some animals were left with all this knowledge, except the plans for interstellar travel. So, they didn't want us going back. Why? I expect this planet had more tricks up its sleeve than they anticipated. We've been dragging ourselves forward until now, Tristan. This invention of Osa's, it surpasses everything they knew. I was told to create the most scientifically advanced weapon the world has ever seen. I did not sell it, and I did not detonate it. When Vary and Isran Ren go into battle and kill a multitude, do you feel responsible? That's different. And how is that? Hmm? It is not Devitt's responsibility. So this bomb was not mine. Didn't you hear what I just said? The rebels are coming, Ren. Get ready. We've lost this room. She's been taken captive. I don't have more time. The electro car has disabled her ship. We cannot track her. You mean to ask me if she's already dead? I don't. No. We can end their lives at a push of a button, no matter where in the world they are, and they know it. A person should not have to live with that threat. Seconds count here, Varian. I know, but losing you as well would make this a very bad day. Have you thought about what they might be doing to her? I'm trying not to. Don't be stupid here, Ren. Wait. We may have a serious problem. You think that if Ivzra escapes the rebels and chooses to run from us, we won't be able to find her? That is exactly what I'm thinking. Find her, Ren. I will. So you really think countries will choose to hire Dex military in times of need rather than maintain their own military power constantly? And you believe you can keep Dex Island neutral? Yes. How? Because they will fear us. If all goes well, after today, they will all fear us. Your ship is a miracle of engineering. Capable of handling the most intense situations. But with no sound in a vacuum, how do you keep up with your ship? 
Introducing Simulated Sound, where your ship recreates the sound of battle so no vital signal is lost to the vacuum. But wait! Why be stuck with the sounds of death and destruction? We offer alternative sound effects for all encounters. Activating cargo dump. Change the sound of battle with our choice of audio packs. Why not feel sexy in battle? Installing sound pack. Or go for a cute farmyard scene. Or even our classy stress reliever. Impact in five, four, three, two, one. New Stroudbury Sound Packs. Changing the sound of battle. And welcome back. Now, as we mentioned earlier, it has been a... This Thursday will be a year since the release of Odyssey. Now, we've had 12 updates in this, this, uh, this game, which is... Well, let's be honest, it's needed it. <laughs> um, the, I mean, the first thing to ask is, that at any point during those updates, um, what point would you guys think would have been the point where you thought, this is what it should have been released, this this is the state it should have been released in? Oh boy, I'm going to get my numbers mixed up, but I, I was going to say around five or six. I can't remember which one it was. Mm-hmm. Where they finally cracked the performance issues and most of the stability problems were gone. Um, yeah. So I think it was around five or six. And I, and I, I said it several times. That when, once it got to that stage, I, I said to everyone, I, like, I feel like this is beta is over now. This is what it should have been. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, okay. What about you then, Shan? Um, I think it, the performance, well, the performance of Odyssey for me personally was never an issue. But community-wise, the impression I get was around update five or six. I think, like uh, Karash said. Um, so the question is, would it m- community be a much better place? Performance-wise, I think yes. But I think much of the community's issues go deeper than performance. So. We'll, we'll reserve judgment to see what the end of the year brings, I guess, on yeah. that one. What about you, Ben? Yeah, like the guys have been saying, probably around about about five or six again. Um, you know, they really did have to just start get, trying to get the frame rate up and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like that was... So once, once they started getting that out of the door... Yeah, I think it was fine, and I know you know I I don't want to go into it. Design decisions that they've made for what Odyssey currently is, mm-hmm. I'm not going to you know take. You, we've got to take that for what it is, and it is what it is. Yeah, um, it'll never be what we dreamed, but then what is? Um, but if they'd released the game. As it was back in, you know, so as it was what, about October or something like that. Yeah. Then a lot of the original negativity 
wouldn't mm-hmm. have been there. Yeah, because actually I will jump on that one because for me uh, personally, update eight in October when they put in the the emotes and they updated the uh, the planets with uh, extra coloring textures, mm-hmm. um, that took a lot of the uh, the edge off. I mean, by you were right by about five or six, the performance is up to to be playable. But to me, um, it really became. I, I kind of felt that it, it it kind of became what I wanted it to be from update eight onwards. Uh, I mean, the ironic th- thing is, do you think the community would have been able to wait another six months? I remember, I mean, as we were saying, well, during the beta last year, give us a beta until you release it for the consoles. The PC players will be happy. Uh, the console commanders will understand. And nobody's going to complain if the performance is shit. Because they'll just say, oh, it's a beta, don't worry about it. Yeah, but um, let's be honest, the main reason it got pushed out, <laughs> financial. Anyway, um, Chan, quickly. Um, yeah, I was going to say in response to uh, to Ben, um, personally, I, I, I kind of feel as though the launch fiasco and it, in, and things like that has kind of been gone over multiple times. And mm-hmm. so it, it, it's almost like the, the horse is now a skeleton oh, on, 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 on that one. Um, yeah. So, and... I think we can see the impact of what Frontier did in their share price and their reputation in everything like that. So going over that again just seems like twisting the yeah. knife. And I'm not sure what benefit it has in going over that ground again. Um, so, I mean, personally, what I was trying to put a positive spin on this without going down a particular rat hole, but I think it is credit. To frontier that they have tried very hard to get the performance back on track and to what it should be over the last year. I think yeah. that's my that's my takeaway. They they have tried very hard to make the best out of a self inflicted wound. Well, I must admit, I mean, the ironic factor is is that um, for me personally, I'm actually really enjoying Odyssey at the moment. I really am. I mean, I'm admittedly I'm not doing the the major um, engineering grind, which um, apparently on foot is an absolute nightmare. I'm just enjoying pottering about in my spaceship and on foot, just taking in the whole galaxy. And um, I I feel that just for the fact that I'm actually just enjoying it, you get attacked. So much on the forums for just saying, oh, I still quite like what it, what it is now. Because there's an awful lot of people who haven't forgiven the launch. I mean, admittedly, you're always going to get people like that because there are people who haven't forgiven No Man's Sky for the launch, for their launch five years ago. Yet that game is absolutely phenomenal compared to what it was back then. I, I think there comes a point where you have to say to yourself, what benefit does it bring to keep twisting the knife into Frontier? Mm, 
exactly. uh, uh, over this. And that's kind of what the point where I am personally at the moment. It's like they know they're messed up. Everyone knows they're messed up. And the only question then is, is as a customer, do you continue to support them after they messed up or not? Well, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, we've had the, the end of this month, there'll be 12 updates since then. And they've, I mean, admittedly, the communication has been dodgy, for, especially at the beginning of the year. Uh, but I think, you know, it's beginning to get back into a better place. But, I mean, for some reason, round about Christmas, it felt as if it was getting, um, it was getting into a really good place. And then, obviously, in the new year, things just die to death. But yeah, I think, I mean, compared to where we were last uh, last year, it's an absolute phenomenal improvement. And and I don't mean just in performance. I mean the the whole the whole experience is but. Uh, is, I think, vastly improved. I think the two are closely related, though, because obviously if you're getting 10 frames per second, it doesn't matter about the gameplay at all. It's compromised by the fact you're only getting 10 frames per second. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, that that goes... Did, uh, uh, ben, did you just get eaten again? Uh, well, I got eaten again, but apparently Karash might have eaten me. I, I, I beg might... your pardon? I might... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, buy you a meal first. <laughs> I, get, I, get, I might have given you a little nudge. You might have given me a wee nudge. Oh, okay. Well done, uh, Crash. <laughs> but just the tip. Just the tip. Uh, so we'll see Crash and Ben together in Five Guys not so long in the future. <laughs> but only to be seen. Yeah. I mean, out of the updates, uh, I mean, obviously my favourite update was definitely update eight where we had the planets and the and surprisingly enough the emotes that came in um has, has any of you got a favorite update that came out or a piece of content that came out that you just went oh i like that i like the fleet carrier um decks and that whole mechanic I, I thought that was pretty cool actually i mean superficially it doesn't actually change anything but it's so cool you can't not say it's a highlight Especially the carrier jump, right? Yeah. Oh, apart from the guy with the iPad, he needs sacking. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the major content rework. He serves no gameplay purpose, so therefore he shouldn't be in there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, what about you, Ben? Is there anything there that uh, you suddenly went, yep, that'll, I'll have that? I mean, None of the additional features that they've given to Odyssey have made me think, yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't, I've, I've made no... I've never hidden the fact that I've never cared about fleet carriers, and I yeah. still don't care about fleet carriers. I don't care whether I can walk around fleet carriers either. Um, I don't begrudge people having them. I don't, you know, all that crap. I don't care about that. It's just, it's never been an aspect of the game that I've cared about. Mm-hmm. And that still isn't. I am very glad we've got the emotes. Um, yeah, that's great. And yeah, I mean, I love having them. Um, so that was if that that was update eight, wasn't it? Yeah, that was update eight. That that was update eight that gave us the emotes. Mm-hmm. I still want to be able to order a drink at the bar. 
so whatever update they allow us to order a drink at the bar will be my favourite update. But Odyssey patch, I think. Fair enough. <laughs> Crash, have you had a favourite update or a favourite highlight from the last yes. year? That it's difficult to put a finger on. I mean, there's been lots of small incremental things that I've really enjoyed. Like the, the emotes, I think, was really good. The the little Easter eggs with the emotes that we weren't expecting, the things like uh, clapping oh. at your ship to turn the lights on, waving to make it take off, and, you know, little things like that, which, which, which were nice. Um, I think most recent thing, which I've really appreciated, is, is being able to sell your mats at the, the bar. I think that's been mm. really nice, because I've helped a, a load of people in my Discord just, oh, I've got loads of those here, I'll just put up some ionized gas here, help yourself, sort of thing. And I, I don't even care about the credits thing, it's just nice being able to have kind of like a kitty that you can share with other people. So I think that's that's probably been my favourite little feature. Oh, right, I see. I mean, no love there for the Scorpion then, I see. Because um, I must admit, I did enjoy actually getting that getting out in the new SLV and not feeling as if I'm motion sick after a while. I tried the Scorpion and then I went back to the Scarab, frankly. Oh, that's it interesting. looks nice. Oh, it's, it's, it's really good for on-foot combat. Like you can just sit it there like a little turret and just blow everything away. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not exactly accurate to take out small people, which is the Scarab does quite nicely. Um, I end up actually just running people over in the Scorpion. <laughs> Armageddon. <laughs> we just see how far, I think in a low gravity world, we need to see we need we need a, pull, a punt Olympics. See how far you can punt someone. <laughs> Zero. Um, a bit, yeah, a bit like uh, Skittles. Um yeah, but what's the one where we have sidewinder skittles? You do that sometimes, Ben. Oh yeah, and you could do. I suppose you could do that. No, there was. Oh, a, I do like part... the idea of getting ten commanders standing up in a triangle. Sorry, nine commanders standing up in a triangle. No, yeah. no, it's ten. No, um, it's yeah. ten. And then seeing how many of them you can hit. <laughs> in the hammers, yeah, in the hammers sidewinder sports day, they would um, have a sidewinder outside the docking port and you'd have to try and ram the sidewinder into like like a penalty in yeah. yeah that's more like playing you know sort of playing football with it isn't it i mean, i do like the fact that alec turner and company have come up with a with um guardian ball that's that's quite a laugh so i still prefer the idea of playing playing it with a, a sidewinder and a ship yeah I mean, that's always good for a laugh as well. Um, yeah, so overall, and it's, you know, 12 updates. Well, 11 updates so far, 12 at the end of the month. Now, it took No Man's Sky five years for it to be finally get some positive spin or positive reviews on Steam. Can you see Elite ever getting to the same point? Oh, go on, Sean. Uh, no, we'll let Crash go first because what you asked is actually an interesting question. So I'll let Crash go first. <laughs> I I don't know whether the two are comparable in that sense. I I think it's it, it's a difficult one. The problem is kind of No Man's Sky came out with 
all of the things at its base. You know, it was first person. It, it had the on foot stuff. It had the ship stuff. It, you could go to space. You could fly seamlessly and all that kind of stuff. So it, it was almost feature complete from a kind of interactive perspective from the day from day one. Right. And they've just incrementally built on it with new and, and impressive features like the, the mechs and, and all of the things like that. But I, I think with with Elite, there's still so much ground they could cover just on the basic features. So it's a really difficult one. Each time there's a, a massive, massive update like Odyssey, it's almost like, well, here's a whole new starting point again for mm. people to get angry at things that are not in there and you know and you know it's like oh but there's this new feature and everything and i think this is why everyone's so kind of split on it because each time there's a big big update like this for elite it's almost resetting the community back into two halves and it's two different halves each time so mm-hmm. I, I think getting to the point where everyone's unilaterally happy with the game is even more oh. difficult Nobody would. This is one thing that actually gets me. Is we can have a lot of people going on about how great Horizons is slash was, or how good the development of Horizons was. And having been through it, you wouldn't have thought that. Because, because I remember when two point three came out. You know the the multi crew, the 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 mass horror, yeah, the whinging was was. On an unbelievable scale, we had to do, if I remember rightly, we did a a, a Dave Gorman found poem among, amongst all the whinging. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> Which, actually, um, a lot of people didn't like. I'm remembering the salt around the season's model in Horizons. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, the thing is that what gets me is that you've got people who are looking back at that and going, "Oh, it was so good," and you're there going, "No, no, it wasn't." I, I think it's good have to have two years of development under its belt. Yeah, yeah. like like Crash, I'm not sure No Man's Sky and Elite are that comparable because I think what turned No Man's Sky around mm-hmm. is each time they added content and patches. Whereas what we've seen so far with Odyssey, it's been more patches. It's been you know capital P patches and cap- and small C, lowercase C content. So they haven't really added as much content as they have had bug fixes. And so I'm not sure Elite will recover as quickly as No Man's Sky because in this next in this last year, I don't think they've added the same amount of content that man man yeah absolutely that's a much more succinct way of putting my thought yeah and that's that's kind of where i was lining up my thought I, I couldn't quite think of a good way of putting it but yeah it definitely does feel like it's been 12 months of of desperate frantic trying to get everything stable and we've unfortunately because of that we've missed a load of the stuff that i think they planned i think they wanted to do and i think this is why they, they desperately want to get to that stage with uh the narrative updates that they've they've shown uh on, on the timeline and i think they want to get to that point where they, they desperately want to get this content out the door. they've got these ideas they've got this narrative they want to push but with all of the problems they've had they've just had to put it all on on the back burner yeah uh, go on jeff sorry no i was, was gonna ask uh, uh, the question so Doing these fixes has obviously cost Frontier a fair amount of money because basically it's a, year, it's a year's worth of salaries for the developers mm-hmm. when they could have been doing or wanted even to do 
the content. So that being the case, do we think they will do we think they'll scale back the content because if you like they'll run out of budget to do what they wanted to do? I, I I do sometimes wonder that they've already got to that stage. And uh, that's that's one of my um that's been one of my concerns, especially after I saw the roadmap. Yeah, I, I, I think it's too it's too difficult to say. I mean, they could very well have. I mean, if you can imagine it, if if it was a core core engine team problem, mm-hmm. that probably wouldn't have taken many people from the actual elite team off that. There might have been one or two of the the senior guys which are involved in you know the deep nested stuff of how Cobra works would be kind of liaising with the engine team. So like, how can we improve this? But the vast majority of the other members of the team working on elite you've got artists you audio guys you, there's a lot of different team members there they wouldn't have been able to help with the performance thing so they would no. have been doing something my my impression would be that a lot of this content they've just been quietly working on but they've been unable to actually put it out so i reckon a lot of it is just sat there on the shelf waiting to be dusted off and plugged in do you think they would have redeployed those are assets into other games, though. They wouldn't have them sit there with nothing to do. They'd go, right, okay, you're now working on the Formula One game. You're now working on Jurassic Park 3, etc. Well, I would have thought if, you know, if you're, you're a graphic artist, you don't have to be exclusive to one game. I mean, that's the one of the things that they, they say that, you know, um, you're rendering a racing car of or designing, you know, putting together the model for the racing car, pretty similar to putting it together the model for the SRV, he says, not knowing anything about it. But, you know, th- there are transferable skills that will work in one game and on another game that they can move around the office. So, you know, if you, they yeah. might need a whole lot of artists, but they, they can be flexible with them. And, and that's what I mean. I, I don't think externally we would be able to make that distinction of, of whether or not that was a decision made one way or the other. I think it's impossible to say. I think management-wise, it would kind of make sense to do that, definitely. Um, if there are other priorities and those resources could be freed up to work on on a you know a more profitable venture, definitely. I mean, it, it, it kind of makes sense. But um, I don't think we could actually decide one way or another whether that's what's happened. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Tea Time, uh, sorry, Tea Time, in the uh, in the chat came up with a, an interesting question. Um, do you folks feel that this kind of regular update, uh, the you know, roughly one update a month, would you prefer that instead of the the three months? You know, obviously there'll be smaller updates than what we'll probably be getting, but Shan. Um, personally, I, I think as soon as a patch or an optimization was ready for release, it should be released. And if people are having issues with frame rates and crashing your goodness knows what, if it's fixed within a month, this should be out in that month, not waiting for a quarterly release cycle. Um, I think the issue for me personally hasn't been the release cadence it's been the communications around those releases because as i mentioned last week i I think stability performance patches 
that's business as usual. You shouldn't mm. need to announce them. That's just part of running a live service game. And if you have a if you have a bug, you have a fix, you release it as soon as it's gone through testing and stuff like that. I don't see why you should artificially hold it back. So oh, um, overall, I mean, this is going to be a loaded question. Do you feel Odyssey is in a lot better place than it was a year ago? I mean, I'm obviously, I'll go straight in and say, obviously, yes, because it's working for most of the content that's there. Um, Crash? Yeah, I mean, definitely better. Yeah, I, I don't think it's in the place I would have wanted to have seen it after a year uh, of updates, but I mean, I expressed why i think that is obviously they've been massively delayed by these problems but mm-hmm. uh yeah it's definitely improved absolutely um you know it's it i i'd like to see it continuously improve on the, like these gradual cadence i think that's right and as shan said urgent patches should be immediately out um but yeah I, I, i'd like to see something more than just stability and patch enlisted in the in the notes of what's coming <laughs> yeah yeah shan um, performance stability, yes, it definitely is in a better place. Mm-hmm. Um, for gameplay, I think it's gone backwards simply because people's expectations have gone forward. In other words, it's it's gone forward in terms of stability, but in terms of the gameplay and stuff like that, it hasn't really moved on. And uh, as I mentioned last week, um, if it's not operational, it's aspirational. And you, I, you I, do love you do love your sound bites. Well, yeah. that, that's quite good, really. I mean, yeah. I mean it, it, I've got a whole book I can write on that. But anyway, yeah, so your performance stability, and I don't think the amount of effort Frontier put in fixing those should be unappreciated because they clearly have. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they've, let's, let's be honest, they needed to get it working to the degree it has. And uh, fair play. I th- it just goes to show that writing these games sometimes it takes a lot more than you than you originally think. Ben, um, what what's your opinion? Do you think uh, are you happy a lot happier with the Odyssey? I have reached a status of acceptance. <laughs> Which stage of grief is that? I can't I can't remember. <laughs> um, I think I think it's, it's stage. four. The fifth one, isn't it? It's fifth one. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's one more final thing. Odyssey um, honestly has a lot of things in it that I really like. Mm-hmm. I, so it definitely does have some things in it I really enjoy doing. Yeah. I, I know it's, what you mean. It's, it's the, the consistency of the universe that keeps yanking me out every single try, time I try and play it. And I just think, well, that does that shouldn't work like that. That shouldn't do that. And so long as I can turn my brain off, I'm all right. Yeah, but I, I mean, I know what you mean. It's, it's, sometimes it's a little things like that, like um, <laughs> the fact that, oh, I hate to go back to it, but the, 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 um, the the glasses on the fleet carrier which should be floating about because you know zero g. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we we we've all come to accept we have we have yeah. magnets now. Yeah, uh, we've that we've is the thing. You know, we we accept this, but it, it's just like. Am even, I a... even though I can, 
you know, run from the mission desk to the, you know, to the elevator, mm-hmm. jump into the loading screen, run out to my ship, go into my little blue teleporter, fly out of the ship, out of the space station, land at the place, jump into my little blue teleporter, go off and shoot a bunch of people, and have fun while doing it. Am I alone? It's, it's that. It's well. It's it's that. It's it's silly things like jumping into that little bloody blue teleporter. It takes you out of it. Yeah. It's just like no. Just ah. Oh. Let me run up the stairs. Let yeah. me run up the st- no. No. I I did a Star Citizen stream on April first, and no, <laughs> no. No. It's but I. I it it just. The the blue teleporter and the blatantly obvious loading screen that is the elevator and things like that. And, you mean you know, the Armstrong moment doesn't draw you in, the, Ben? Well, the Armstrong moment never happened. Put it, put it this way: I mean, yeah. the arms the Armstrong moment, which they they uh, which they put in their their blurb, um, to me as as an explorer would have been basically. Getting up at your seat out of off the bridge, walking to a turbo lift. The turbo lift opens. Even if the turbo lift opened up a hatch in my cockpit and then exactly. moved me down, I could accept that. Yeah, that's that's that that was the thing because basically of the fade to black. You, you you had to have the the point where you know you were in your ship, you the doors opened, you walked down the gangplank, and then you walked onto the planet. That would have felt like an Armstrong moment, and not. Basically, a blue teleport. Yeah, and that yeah, I mean, I can understand that. I, I mean, yeah. Um, just quickly, one thing John's that John's we'll... about to explode. If you, unless you really want to ignore him. Okay, uh, sorry, <laughs> crash. Yes, no, I, I, I sorry, don't no, miss that. I, I just think I mean the, the transition doesn't bother me that much, to be honest. I mm-hmm. I, I, I accept that now. I think. For me, though, like you said, the Armstrong moment, it's its such a moot point, unfortunately, because after doing a little bit of exo-bio, um, yeah, after about the 17th time doing that Armstrong moment, it still just doesn't really hit home. So <laughs> even if the transition was seamless, I don't think that would really be impressive to me. Really, because this is one thing that I've found for my entire experience with Odyssey. The highlight for me has been landing on atmospheric land, atmospheric worlds, and going plant spotting. Uh, I've I, I just found some of the vistas and some of um, basically the places where I've landed and explored have been absolutely breathtaking. And that, for me, is especially when this is why I liked Update Eight so much, is because of the art update to the planets. Mm-hmm. It is it, basically it it just took it to another level. Um, uh, I, I I like the definitely lo- I love the vistas. I I you know I do like finding a new planet with a new color scheme that I haven't seen before and kind of seeing around it. I just I feel like after I've done it a few times, it's just the. the it just wears thin for me. It's just like, I've seen this one, you know, oh. <laughs> you know? which is a shame, which is, I, I wanted to love that more. Exploration was always the thing that I enjoyed the most in the earlier games, but I just feel like 
there's nothing really worth doing, unfortunately, once you get there. But that's just me. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad that other people do enjoy it, though. That, that is the main thing. Elite is a game which is tries to do a lot of things for a lot of people. <laughs> Bad winter mute GB. <laughs> he says, uh, you naughty person. Are <laughs> we sure they didn't mean Lance Armstrong? In other words... <laughs> Uh, I, I do agree with Jonathan Teetone, though that you know, and, and yeah, you know, this is obviously personal experience, but mm-hmm. you know, anything that yanks a player into a new cam- camera or viewport needs to be po- properly integrated into the cockpit or a station within the ship. Uh, for example, the DSS thing and the multi-crew gunner. Oh, I don't mind the DSS thing. The DSS thing is, you know, I'm I'm quite happy see, with that. Yeah. The multi crew gunner, I I do really agree with, because it, it does feel like you need to be, like, even if you even if you're looking through your ship, it it does feel like you know, you need to have that feeling of being in a gun turret. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm completely with you there. Um, but we've I been think, yeah, I so see much. the. Yeah, I see the DSS the DSS thing a bit like you know I'm you know, pretend I'm I'm Spock and I'm going off and I'm looking into the the scannery thing mm-hmm. you know that's how I sort of picture the DSS you know in my head cannon I've gotten my ass out of my ship I've wandered over to the to the terminal and I'm now staring into another screen. I actually like the way they've implemented it in VR because it comes up as a sort of little sort of um, hollow screen in front of you. Because well, you can, nice. yeah, because you can look around. You can still look through the cockpit. You know, you turn your head to yeah. the left, and you've, you've got the DSS in front of you. But you turn to the left, the DSS stays at the front of the cockpit. Okay, that's quite cool. Yeah, I yeah, like that, that. it's quite good. Um, crash. I, th- I think you stole my thunder. Though I was going to say the, the oh, reason sorry. why. No, it's, no, it's fine. Uh, the reason why these things seem a little bit disjointed is literally because of uh, limitations and how they're trying to render. Uh, those those new scenes and it, you, you get the same like the galaxy map was always the big one from the beginning everyone wanted the galaxy map as some cool holographic display that shows up in front of your uh, inside your cockpit and it's like well they can't really do that because when you're sat in your cockpit you've got the, the one skybox of the galaxy but then you kind of have to just toss that away and it's redrawing a new skybox because you're zooming around the galaxy and it kind of breaks the the rendering, the way that they've they've layered the uh, those things together, <laughs> so th- there's reasons why they couldn't do it. But it is a shame. I'd like to see it more integrated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, admittedly, though, I think I'm used, so used to the way the galaxy map and the the system map works. It, I don't need it as a holographic display in front of me. It, it works fine as it is. But yeah, um, right. I'm going to wrap this little bit of the discussion up. Um, before we leave the main topic, there's one thing that we missed last week. Now, Arf mentioned that the November update will include things that have never been done in Elite before, and it's going to be a lot more than CGs and Galnet, according to Zach. And it is all connected to the narrative. Now, the obvious feature that could come in at that point would be the on-foot Thargoid combat. But if not... What else could it be? And Shan's got a cheeky comment on this straight away. Go on. Uh, gameplay. Ah ha 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 ha. Oh god. Yeah. In, 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 in all seriousness, um, 
That's just it, a cheap shot. It really is. You've got to get cheap shopping at least once per show. Um, oh, we're going to have uh, to call you Yamix's friend, you are. Anyway, uh, I think the I'll put Thargoid, I think, is the one everyone wants and everyone expects. Mm-hmm. I would suggest um, it will be more limited than on put Thargoid because I think everyone's got their picture of, I don't know, like going into LV426 and that kind of alien scenario, but with Thargoids. I think that's what people have in their mind. But to implement on put Thargoid combat in a in a good way, in my view, it needs an awful lot of work, probably over a year's worth of work to, even two years' worth of work to get it Maybe done Maybe that's what properly. they've been doing this past year. Yeah. Maybe, but I would have, I would have thought they would have piped it up a bit more. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know. As I say, I, I think people want it to be on foot of Thargoids, but I'm not sure it will be to the extent people hope it is. Hmm. I mean, what about other things? You know, um, could we have a power versus power war? You know, suddenly things between the Federation and the Empire break down, and before you know it, we're all having a war. I think be, that, that's nothing new, really, because it would just turn into a bunch of war zones, wouldn't it? And it also doesn't include Odyssey unless you want the on foot combat to be part of power play. I never mentioned power play because yeah, the powers are all powers independent. It's it's you know we've got the federate. Ah, never mind. Um, I mean, there's still stuff with salvation. I mean, do you think salvation is actually um, a human being, or do you think he's some kind of AI, he, she, it rather? I think that Elon Musk. <laughs> a thousand years into the future. So basically, Elon Musk saved his. <laughs> it's basically a future of a brain and a head in a jar. Yes, he's uh, and he only communicates. The reason why no one's heard of him in the three or eight is that uh, Twitter doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan T. Times likely to be, he says, it's likely to be strip troopers horde mode defending a base. I mean, it's funny you should mention that because when they, they put in that defend the base mission, I was there thinking, well, all they really need to do is swap out these attacking troops for Thargoids and you've got, you know, you've got basically starship troopers. Do you think whatever this new mission type is mm-hmm. will be a forerunner? To whatever's going to be in November, because it would make sense to start off this mission type uh, and then expand on it, perhaps. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, we'll have to wait and see what the mission type is. I mean, the one thing that I have actually still enjoying is the mission wrinkles, which involve space combat or space activity while you're while you're on an on foot mission. I mean, that, that kind of thing, I've said it before, it just brings the game together so much better. But I'm, I'm constantly hoping that they, they do more of that. Um, but, yeah. So, anyway, um, we I guess this is one that they're not going to talk about it because they wanted to keep it as a surprise. Uh, oh, oh, Ben, go on. 
I know what I would like it to be, uh, and this is something they haven't done in-game or anything like that, but I would love for them to add additional stellar bodies, for example, comets. How can you? How can you? How can we bring that into the narrative, though? Halley's comet comes around, or something like that. You know, Halley. Halley. Okay, we could go expanse on it. Halley's comet crashes into Sol. <laughs> um, you know, all of a sudden, Sol starts spitting out blue, blue goo everywhere. Um, uh-huh. So Halley, right? Halley's comet has been infected by a Thargoid written version of the mycoid virus or, gotcha. or something like that and it's being aimed at earth and chaos and shoes <laughs> so basically you want you want to to take one of the capital ships to ram it off course oh, we we can, we can do whatever we we can we have a variety of ideas and you know you you could have you know, well we we could try and ram it off course you could mm. go for you know, try and do a gravity assist on it. Um, it. You know, there's a lot of things that could that could be done. It would um, be a good idea for, like, a hint of what's to come because traditionally, comets have been seen as a portent of doom. So the appearance of comets yeah. before whatever I don't know, Stargo is on foot, for example. We could have a green comet instead of a red comet. <laughs> Well, not just appearance of comets, comets, because mm. then, it, because then it would be comets foreshadows something bad coming, and with yeah. that, then you would get into your own thyroid content. I, I love <laughs> Freudian slip there. The appearance of comets is harboring your doom. I mean, on the forum, <laughs> that's about right. Yeah. yeah, that is so true, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Anyway, um, moving on from. Um, uh, from that, I think uh, we'll touch on what's been happening in the community for the last uh, week or so. Well, we've got um, Turjanos and the lady with the left hook. That's Commander Turjan Starstone. He's been at it again. Um, one of these uh, fantastic rendered videos that he does. Um, it's only a quick one. It's only a 45-second short, but um, they're always worth watching. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes for everybody to to have a look at. Um, obviously, big dangerous, elite dangerous, big money. The High Wake nails it again. So, um, yeah, the High Wake, as, um, who have kindly supplied us with several specialist uh, live radio-themed icons lately, which I, I think Ben lo- absolutely loves. Yeah, I've, I've been casually rotating them on the stream for anybody watching. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, yeah. The Highwig, the Highwig does lovely stuff. I, I, He always nails the video. Um, and it, it, it's just he just captures the spirit of Elite Dangerous uh, in in a loving but poking fun at way. <laughs> Very um, true. Um, yes. So again, we'll put the the link for that in the show notes. The Buckyball uh, on the rocks uh, 
happened over the last week or so and I must admit I I took part. I know Psykit was uh, heavily involved because she was basically running the whole thing and uh, she's evaluating everybody's time even as we speak. Um, the problem is is that um, how shall I put this? <clears throat> I had probably one of the worst times ever. Um, they haven't finished compiling the list but I'm going to be almost right down the bottom because <laughs> my good run, like uh, like uh, was, I said earlier, my good run was ruined by the fact I sold one extra ton of um, beer mats when I shouldn't have. Oh, so it was. I was half an hour in. It it it, it was taking me between. Um, 40 to 50 minutes. I was aiming for 40 minutes and I was on course for this one for 40 minutes, which would have put me a decent sort of um, mid table, sort of very close to the 12, 13 uh, place placings. But then of course I sold it by accident and took the adder of shame back, back to the starting point. Uh, and I wasn't able to, to get in another run. So I, I'm at 52 minutes, which is horrendous, considering that the number one spot uh, in the regulation Cobra is 35 minutes. Oof. So, um, yeah, I mean, Psykit, um, her last run was at 40 minutes 48. Um, she hasn't finished... Com that, uh, those were the, the scores as of um, uh, last Sunday. Uh, so there's a few more to be processed, apparently. But, um, yeah. But a good time was had by all. Um, we will await the results for next week's show when uh, Psychic comes back. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was... It was a frustrating one for me, that. It, it really was. Anyway, um, Ben, would you like to take the next one? Yeah, I can do that. So... Yep. Over the weekend, the, um, the Operation Warbucks was run by the Pilots' Lounge. And then, so once again, the Elite Dangerous comes together and shows the galaxy what we can achieve if we put our minds to it. They managed to raise $10,827.07, all thanks to you guys. Uh, and that's of the original $3,000 goal. Um, so that's. Absolutely amazing. Blew everybody's wildest expectations. Ten grand. Wow. Yeah, they did amazing, didn't they? Um, so the Pilots' Lounge wants to salute the heroes who sacrificed their time, their subs, and the donations to put on a hell of a show and helps and help save the children in Ukraine. And so I'll give a quick shout out to to those commanders if that's okay. So it's Orange mm -hmm. Phoenix. Yep. Um Emancipated Penguin, Nate uh this is. I need to make this bigger because it's too small in this w window. Um, I'm just enjoying you getting the names wrong. <laughs> oh, em emulated ping. Oh, I can't. See I couldn't see it. I thought it was, uh, emulated ping ping penguin. Nanya business. I like that. Um, oh, come on. Will you? Uh, <laughs> I've I've now got it. I'll send you a screenshot of what I've, I'm showing, Colin. Hey, I'm not Before saying that it's me. your it's your turn. It's your turn to suffer. It's my turn to do this. Yes. Uh, Captain Metsy, Zeke Gaming, uh, Siphon Dex, Karumba, uh, Pixie Wifey, 
Highlander 76, Cursed Titan. I'm reading this one very carefully. Tile <laughs> Z, uh, Spatula Dangus, DJ Me Bear, Siphon Dex, Nick Lambert, uh, Super Chicken, and Friendship Drive Charging. Uh, there are some great names there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that was all. That was basically running from 11 a.m. on the 13th, which I think was. Was that the Friday? Yeah. Uh, so 11 a.m. 11 a.m. British time on the Friday through till 6 p.m. on the Sunday. Yeah. And we also have to mention that um, Commander Tokosol, who does music for us as well, um, he has done uh, an elite dangerous. Um, uh, album, which is also part of the, I think, proceeds go to the uh, to this, don't they? I know it was released in sort of con- oh, no. concert with this. Yeah, the album um, according to Commander Orange Phoenix, the album is given away with every donation. Yeah. Okay. So no, there is a the mother fig. There isn't a Commander Magna Pants yet. <laughs> I bet there is now. There is thing, if, if you want to buy a copy of Elite Dangerous or find one going free on Epic Game Store or whatever, feel free to create a Commander Magna Pants. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> give them away as a prize at... Uh, give Commander <laughs> Magna Pants as a, pl- a prize at LaveCon. We, oh. should, we should license it. We can't, we can't give up such a uh, revenue stream. I think what I should do is someone should actually make some proper magna pants, obviously pants with magnets in it, and okay, give that you, away if, in the raffle. <laughs> well, if someone wants to make some magna pants for LaveCon, Colin will wear them. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> I do have some neodymium magnets in the garage. <laughs> I have some neodymium magnets. So I've got to my radiator. So, like Superman, I've got to walk around with my magna pants and over my trousers. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> ah, right. Well, moving on to the mostly clueless section, um, Domzilla twenty one twelve, fantastic album. Um, I was told recently, honk every jump on the way to an engineer and hand in the Cartier graphics uh, to them. It counts towards your grade rating with that engineer. I don't know whether this is true because he says he's not personally tested this. Um, I think we'll have to ask for clarification. If anybody else has actually noticed that, then um, let us know so we can give it a good tick. I think uh, it used to. It used to, but obviously there's a distance restriction there. Like mm. you can't jump to this star next to the engineer and turn it in. So, I, I, I certainly used to, I think. I, I was going to say, I think I noticed that on the last NG I unlocked, but I, yeah. wouldn't, like to be, I wouldn't like to say for sure 100%. I, I wouldn't trust anybody to provide me, uh, I especially wouldn't trust Mr. Nick Lambert to provide me with pants. Thank you very much, MJ. Um, <laughs> him of the subtle, subtle butt rub, which is... Oh. <laughs> Um, there's a story of of me standing uh, I think on Nick's carrier and I didn't know he was behind me and he was crouching down and using the new emotes to apparently fondle my posterior 
Uh, it, it, that was the first, uh, that happened on the very first day that we got emotes and he managed to work out how to make it dirty within 10 minutes. I do <laughs> think we need a Magna Pants advert though for the show. I'm working on it. <laughs> Just give me the time. Um, right. Any other business? No. Um, console gaming. Now, Commander. Tensic reached out to us about streaming services and Odyssey. Um, ben, again, do you want to take this one? I do, but I'm, I'm just wondering because it's something we could turn into a main topic, possibly. Um, he did. I'll give us. I'll give the clarification that he gave. Yeah. Which was so Xbox Cloud Gaming. He's saying it's not a cloud service specific to the console. If you've got the Xbox Game Pass service. And it works across PCs and consoles. Um, unfortunately, ha- since Frontier has never released uh, the PC version of Elite Dangerous on the Windows Store, it won't work. Because uh, uh, right, it's yeah, tough. But if if Frontier ever released a version of Elite Dangerous on the Windows Store, then maybe that might work as a way in. Right. Um, the cloud gaming feature for Elite Dangerous is streaming on the co- is streaming the console version of the game, uh, so there isn't going to be Odyssey gameplay there, unfortunately. Mm. Um, now, GeForce Now does work. Oh. Um, how, however, it's a wee bit controversial because some publishing houses, including Activision, Blizzard, and Bethesda, and some indie game developers as well don't want to allow uh, GeForce Now to actually work. Basically, they've got a face on and like, well, hang on, you bought your game on Steam. Therefore, why... You, You bought your game on Steam. Therefore, why should you be able to stream your game Mm-hmm. from a cloud service that you can pay ten pound five or ten pounds a month for, and we're not seeing any of that um, and it's like you 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 bought the you bought the ability to play it on your p c mm-hmm. nobody said nothing about playing it on GeForce now is the i I guess that's basically what they're saying. And frankly, that they're they're in the right, you know. And GeForce Now are saying, "Fine, if you don't want your game on our service, we'll take it off. Not a problem." Um, I, on the other hand, you know what other I, I have issues though because you know what do they expect? Are, are they you know, do do they want do they expect us as gamers to go off and Buy the game on Steam to play it on our PCs. Mm-hmm. Buy it again to play it on GeForce Now. Buy it again to play it on our consoles. Buy it again to play it on our phones. What 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 are they expecting? And do people even do that? Unfortunately, I do. I have I have gone and failed. I have gone and failed myself because I've ended up buying Baldur's Gate Special Edition on the iPad. Or, uh, and on the PC, and on Android. And n- none of them are compatible. I can't swap the saves across them, which is really stupid. 
I, I mean, I would prefer if, you know, I'd gone and bought Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2 on basically one pl- platform and being able to play them across all the devices, which sounds like GeForce Now would do. Yeah. But at the moment, I have paid BioWare and slash Apple slash um, Google basically the same game. I bought it three times. Mm. And I've, o- I've only just realized how stupid I am for doing that. <laughs> okay, so so maybe maybe these guys are right, and people are as you you know as you nicely said, stupid enough to buy the same game three. Yeah, I mean, um, so maybe they do have a valid concern. It's like, yeah, you know, I think the, the quote in an article that was on the Verge was like, uh, "What developer would put resources towards developing a competent mobile port of the game with hopes to resell to an?" Uh, a new audience to recoup investment on the port and then make some profit. If GeForce Now is already available on the profit, is yeah, already available on the mobile. You see, uh, and and this this is the thing. It's against it's the consumer against the the developer there because yeah. me as a consumer, I would love to be able to say play Baldur's Gate on any device that I want to, uh, and be able to keep con you know the uh, and keep the same save. And at the moment, you know, I've got three separate saves, three characters, which are exactly... And, oh, the more I think about it, the more I realise how stupid I am. <laughs> oh, I, I've got three copies of this game. They've got three characters, exactly the same. I'm not even playing one character with one class, one with another. They're all wizards. Why? What am I doing what? with my life? <laughs> yeah. Um... So yeah, I can I can see what they're saying, but I can also see that you know, um, some 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 people might take issue paying for the same game several times, especially when you don't have cross compatibility, etc. Um, it's a scenario that needs to be worked out, I suspect. Um, and I think we could really dive into detail in it. And yeah, I could talk about this for a lot longer and probably shouldn't, should I call it? No, because we're going to run out of yeah, time and I'm, I'm, I'm suffering from embarrassment enough as it is. <laughs> but I'll just point out that the only game that I have done this with is Baldur's Gate. Uh, I haven't, or, and Baldur's Gate 2, but... <clears throat> um, but as, well, uh, as you know, I've got Shadow, which runs on... On iOS, Android, and obviously on shit oh Chrome and shitty laptops, mm. um, and turns any one of them into a into a gaming PC. Um, I don't know if it would run into the same scenario, same situation as GeForce Now, because it basically here is a full on cloud PC. Uh, whereas GeForce Now, you you fire up GeForce Now and then you say. I want to play Elite Dangerous or whatever. Um, I definitely do think, though, that, that streaming games, especially for consoles and mobile devices, makes so much sense. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, quickly over to Shan, and then I've got to... Um, then I've yeah, got, I, I, I was I've about to say, Colin... Emily. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't beat yourself up too much uh, about doing that because, let's face it, 
if you buy multiple copies of the same game, then for me, that's just as guilty as what you did, to be fair, if not more so. So yeah, don't, I mean, uh, don't beat yourself. How many copies of Elite Dangerous do you have, Sham? I have three, I think, but they were, they were, they were cheap. So I wouldn't buy full price again, to be fair. But I mean, the Elite Dangerous is a bit different in a way because you can't have multiple. Yeah, you can't have other uh, alternative commanders. Anyway, we'll quickly move on because there is, for those of you who are listening earlier, um, you might have found, you might have heard something else. Um, there is a uh, audio drama, uh, sci-fi drama, which Live Radio uh, is supporting, um, called The Dex Legacy. Now, it's done by uh, uh, an author called Emily Inkpen. Uh, she says that, hello, Space Voyages, I'm the author of a, a sci-fi audio drama called The Dex Legacy. Uh, Legacy. It's a full-cast, high-production show with original music by Alan Stroud. Ah, see, there's a live radio connection in there somewhere, um, and it will be broadcast on live radio. Uh, uh, it's set on the planet SP714, which was seeded by Earth 1,500 years before the drama starts. Um, it's about a weapons manufacturer turned president of his own country called Nathaniel Dex and his adopted children, who he's crafted into super soldiers and he rents them as part of an advanced military service package to whatever government wants them. Nice guy, this sounds like, really. Family guy. Um, Dex Island is a closed state, and everyone there works for Dex Industries, and the status of the country is internationally contested. There's a lot going on in the narrative, and I think there's a good chance that a lot of you would love it. So we're putting links into the Dex Legacy um, uh, in the show notes, uh, and of course... Um, Episode one was was played before Elite Dangerous, and um, if people like it, we will we'll carry on uh, playing it. And of course, before we 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 finish off of our audio dramas, um, there is of course uh, <laughs> Escape Velocity. We still play that, I think, on a Sunday night. Uh, all all three seasons of it. Uh, and finally, of course, um, for those of you who are willing to, there is um, Leave Re- Alan Stroud's Leave Revolution, which they, uh, the book that was turned into an audio drama, that is also available out there as well. <laughs> so has anybody else got any other business for uh, before I wrap out the shout-outs? Um, I think uh, Chris Mark IV has came up with the show title, by the way. <laughs> oh, you sods. I didn't get a letter to Hogwarts. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear. Right, our shout-outs. Uh, so we'll say hello to our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio. It broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. Tune in at twitch.tv slash Hutton Orbital Truckers. Uh, for the discerning commander... Uh, who likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. Um, giving you shout-outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts. That's Allograb AM, Canon Podcast. The Spanish speakers have the Elite Cast. There's the Fatherhood Podcast, Flight Assist, Guard Frequency, Loose Screws, Squeaky Fuel, and System Chat. Um, right. Uh, for those that want a literary discussion, there is the uh, Data Sleep podcast, who's, which was created by Alan. Um, it's a it's a very very when Alan's got time thing, so it would be a <laughs> uh, it, 
it's a rather yeah it, it turns out when he can turn it out um following this of course we have the latest galnet news digest provided by commander witherspoon and commander beetlejute and um, well thanks to we'll say thanks to everyone who's chipped in in the twitch chat and uh ben how many in-game commanders have basically shoved you into the mall oh only crashes shoved me into the mall into the mall but uh commander wind uh mindwipe has has been uh has decided to grace us with his presence as well and he's shown up in in his cutter oh hello commander mindwipe like like a like a nice little fish, I guess, with his little sort of fins and things, the way he's got his, his one look at. Apparently Mother 666 was in laid as well. Uh, according to the Chris Mark 4. Uh, nice to see Mind Wipe. It's been a long yeah. time. It's been a long time since we've seen Phil. Yeah. Um, right, moving on from there, we'll say special thanks, to, of course, to Commander Tokuso, JN Tracks, and Alan Stroud, who have created music for the show. Uh, but that is it for uh, another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio. Uh, you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. Um, we also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat, and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Com. Um, do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Uh, Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. Um, special thanks goes to Ben, thanks to Commander Shan. A special thanks, of course, goes to Commander Crash for for. Uh, joining us for tonight and of course uh, we salute Putnik Santiago for being today's tech specialist and putting up with with all our McGubbins um, so until next time commanders fly safe and if you can't do that fly dangerous
When starting out as a commander, you might feel tempted to hitch a ride to a remote starport in the middle of nowhere, so you can start your career as a true pioneer out on the frontier. In this series, we try to explain why this is a really quite bad idea and present you with some suitable cautionary tales in the Commander's Guide to the Galaxy. In one of their less successful advertising campaigns, Brewer Corporation posed the riddle. What has 14 faces, 24 edges, and 12 vertices? Faced with blank faces from their audience, they hastily added that it also has 8 triangular faces and 6 square faces. And then, with increasing impatience as the target market continued to look collectively confused, they explained that it was a big metal thing in space, two kilometres across with a toast track on the anti-clockwise end and a docking bay inside. The advert never caught on. The Brewer Corporation, which is based in the charming Minerva system, also makes the weapons platforms you see near outposts and fleet carriers, which are mobile starports that allow a commander to take his whole fleet of ships with them. Having made fleet carriers, the Brewer Corporation went on to position a string of megaships between the Bubble and Colonia to make, they said, travel along this popular highway easier. And having made the truck stops, they decided to go a step further and to construct six starports, not Coriolis, because they've given up on geometric riddles, but Acellus starports, fit for the frontier, where communities could grow up away from the hustle and bustle of either the bubble or Colonia. Enchanted by the rather more successful brewer advertising campaign that extolled the virtues of living a life in these new starports, our hero, newly graduated commander Tila Loren, hitched a ride out to the first of these Colonia Bridge starports, the Rice Station at Colonia Bridge 4, in the Pru Iuk WOD B538 system. Things have not been going well. Not having a spaceship, Commander Loren had tried to find missions, of which there were none, to visit settlements or surface bases. He had attempted to become a mercenary, only to find there were no wars, and had discovered that the two apex travel agents between them managed only a single route, between the rice station and the Colonia Bridge megaship, and the other way round. He'd given in to the inevitable. He would claim that free sidewinder everyone was talking about, and would make his fortune as a space pilot. You can't get a ship without doing the whole flight training thing. And when you finish, your Sidewinder is conveniently ready for you at your present station. Commander Loren filed away the knowledge that if he ever needed to call on the free Sidewinder service, the rescue rangers would deposit him here at Zerai's station, more than 1,000 light years from the bubble, in a ship with an 8 light year jump range. Now, 
during the hitchhike trip from the bubble, Commander Loren had seen lots of discovered new system messages. These mean money if you take them to Universal Cartographics. But it turns out that someone had stolen the discoveries, because they certainly weren't there when Commander Loren tried to cash them in. Perhaps you're not allowed to discover systems when you're riding shotgun. So, no little pile of credits to fall back on. But at least there was a paint job for his new Sidewinder. Looking at the list of ships available to buy at Zerai Station, it seemed to Commander Loren that there weren't really any ships designed for long-haul travel. There wasn't a detailed surface scanner either, so unless you could feel happy doing the sort of exploration that involves finding celestial bodies but not mapping them, exploration wasn't really going to be an option. Perhaps with this Sidewinder and an SRV, and with that Maverick suit, finding wrecks and salvaging might be an option. Turns out, this system's really neat. And any wrecks there were have been tidied away. Nor are there any missions. Well, actually, that's not quite true. The megaship Daenerys Serenity has missions. Donation missions. How about mining? Switching to an adder would give just enough room to equip a refinery and make some decent profits. There are pristine rings in the system. Commander Loren had to sell his hand weapons and his maverick suit to kit out the adder. But this would be worth it. You could make a lot of credits mining. Well, you can. But if neither of the available outfitting facilities stocks a collect Olympic controller, then do you really want to scoop all those fragments by hand? Commander Loren sold all the mining equipment again. With only two stations, both in the same system, could trade possibly be an option? Turns out, it could. Taking water to the megaship and waste products back to Sarai Station, the Ren could make nearly 24,000 credits profit per round trip. This may not have been the most fulfilling life, but as a bio-waste trucker, Commander Loren was finally paying his way. In due course, he could trade up to a... Well, actually, there was nothing to trade up to. Unless an E-rated Viper Mark IV is your idea of up. But it was a living. Perhaps one day he'd be able to earn enough credits to complete all those donation missions. But hang on a minute. There are pristine rings. And even though there are no collector limpets for sale, pristine rings means miners. And miners mean pirates. And pirates mean bounties. With this last roll of the dice, could Loren finally come good? Vipers were out of his price range, but an eagle is a good bounty hunting ship, isn't it? And there were even a few C-grade modules. It might be a bit risky, but nothing ventured. And so it was that Commander Loren, Bounty Hunter, set sail on a maiden voyage to a low-activity resource extraction site, or RES, only to discover that all the ships here are law-abiding miners, not a bounty between them. I know it looks like they're shooting, but really all they're doing is lasering minerals. So let's up the stakes a bit further and drop right in at a high res. This surely must be make-or-break time. There they are. The police are shooting that poor, innocent, wanted eagle, Twilight Sparkle. 
a bit too efficiently. Commander Loren fails to get a single shot in before Twilight Sparkle gets sent to Pony Heaven. A deadly asp explorer. Is that a good match for an E-rated eagle flown by a complete novice with a harmless rating? Of course it is, if you have a couple of police vipers to do all the heavy lifting for you. Work smarter, not harder, right? And finally, a really rather impressive payout of 225,000 credits. There is then, exactly one sensibly profitable way to make credits on the Colonia Bridge. And that is to blast criminals to pieces in a spaceship in the company of law enforcement officers. What will happen next to our hero? Will Commander Tilo the Wren become insanely wealthy with nothing to spend his credits on? Will he ever work out a way of escaping to a system where you can buy a detailed surface scanner or a collect Olympic controller, and where you can buy an insanely aspirational ship like a Diamondback Explorer? Or will he have become so thoroughly institutionalised that all he wants to do is get a Type 9 Heavy, bring it back to Zarai Station and haul bio-waste and water for the rest of his career? If you think you can bear the excitement, tune in next time for the next exciting adventure of the Commander's Guide to the Galaxy. 